your husband lives in a Lifeway headquarters obsessed with sex, and yes. he shares he shares a Nintendo and a battleship with a woman he loves. <laughs> this may shock you. Did not go on a date till I was, I think, twenty and a half. <laughs> Another sensual technique in rock music is called scooping, (laughs) and it involves vocalists starting just below pitch and sliding up to the pitch. What in the world? Okay, so we have an extremely special episode today. We're recording on Matthew Pierce's birthday, and he's officially old. Do you want to tell everyone how old you are? I'm 68 years old. <laughs> With the tweets of a 21-year-old. No. <laughs> so I have so much fun stuff planned for this episode. I'm excited because you don't even know about it all. I, I really uh, don't. I really don't. <laughs> uh, but first, uh, let's. you wanted to give a shout-out to uh, Laura, faithful, fun, sexy Bible Time listener, who put up the most amazing family picture of her whole family <laughs> in matching gear it was it was so good i mean fun sexy bible time family of the year and i don't even know who's in second place at this point <laughs> there's no one there's no one even remotely close they're the best and she she felt like the picture was super awkward she messaged me about it but i thought it was so great and was oh it man because her husband was giving her a side hug I think I think so. I think she felt like, <laughs> yeah, there was a, there was a side hug in the picture. But I honestly think that that gets them even extra points. Well, it just goes to show you, front hugs are not safe, even within the bounds of marriage. <laughs> you never know what could happen. Exactly. And there was a baby right there, so you know, mm. be careful. Okay, so you know, um, Dave Ramsey has. Uh, <laughs> Has been in the Christian Twitter rage machine lately, and uh, just he he put up this tweet that was like, "If you do rich people things, you'll eventually be rich. If you do poor people things, you'll eventually be poor," or something like that. So uh, this has nothing to do with him. It just has to do with being poor, <laughs> which both of us kind of feel like we're on that end of the socioeconomic spectrum. And I was thinking recently of what are things... Oh, I forgot to tell you my parents have a grandfather clock, so that's going to be going off every 15 minutes. Okay. If you think we're so, going to edit that out, that's that's definitely uh, staying in the episode. Well, when we get to... Uh, we have 45 minutes till it dings 11 times. <laughs> so we'll have, to pa- we'll have to pause for that. Okay, so I was thinking about... Like, when you are kind of strapped financially, there's things that you kind of dream about having or doing that are not actually that expensive, but it's just not something that's in your reach right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was I thought we could talk about maybe what are some of those things. Maybe it'll be relatable. Maybe everybody who listens to this podcast is super rich. I don't know. What if, what if we were the poorest people? <laughs> <laughs> what if literally every single person is? <laughs> <laughs> well, 
what this really is is just a very long pitch for patrons on Patreon. <laughs> no, it's not. Okay, so I'll start. I have a little bit of a list, um, okay. <clears throat> and this is just things that I think about, and they're really lame. Like, it's just when you think about spending, like, $200 on something, for some people, that's nothing. It's just like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, it's just 200 bucks. But, yeah. I'm and already for- thinking, like, what in the world are you spending $200 on? That's, <laughs> that's a huge amount of money. But also, I think for us, for us, Danny and I, he is freelance. So our income is extremely variable. So mm-hmm. we'll have months where we're, like, rolling in it. But then the next month, we made $17. So <laughs> <laughs> not really, but you get the picture. Mm-hmm. Okay, so something that I would love to do, maybe I'm not going to start with that one. That's kind of an expensive one. Okay, so I would like to always buy the same name brand laundry detergent <laughs> <laughs> so that my laundry consistently smells the same. <laughs> uh, but it's expensive. Like, name brand detergent is expensive. Well, but it's, hey, you it shop at Publix. The- That's why. I haven't been shopping at Publix very often, though. <laughs> That's on my list, too. I want to be able to only shop at Publix without <laughs> without coupons. Oh, now you're getting outrageous. <laughs> and not even, like, worry about it. Okay, you throw one out there. Pillows. It's pillows. We got our tax return back uh, a few <laughs> weeks ago, and it was like... I'm going crazy. I'm 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 going crazy. I'm going to go to Target, not Walmart. Target. I'm going to Target and I'm buying pillows. And it wasn't even like the the eighty dollar memory foam pillows. It was just uh-huh. like the 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 Target economy brand ten dollar pillows. Yeah, but still ten dollars for a pillow is. <laughs> I know, and I bought three of them, and I came Whoa. home. And so I got to like rotate out the pillows from like the Bush administration that we still have in our house. <laughs> so I rotated some pillows out of the rotation and got the new pillows in. And it was, I, I mean, it's, it's kind of embarrassing, like how happy that made me to just have new oh, yeah. pillows on the bed. My sister bought us new pillows for Christmas last year and it was a treat for sure. They're like a nice brand and yeah. Wow. Our kids have the cheapest pillows you can imagine. Just imagine, like, <laughs> just two pieces of cloth with another piece of cloth <laughs> in the middle. That's my kids' pillows. But you know what? They're too young to care. They well, you, have you get to young... the point with you get to the point with pillows where, like, the middle, like, <clears throat> like, um, like the, the the middle migrates out to either end. <laughs> <laughs> like if you just put your head in the middle, the middle there's yes. nothing there. You just yes. have two lumps on the on the, on the on the ends of the pillow. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. I sleep with. How many pillows do you sleep with, though? We have quite a bit. Um, <laughs> no, but you personally. Um, I'm gonna say three. Okay, that's not bad. That's that's me. Four if I'm like feeling really greedy. But usually I have George, so he kind of takes the place of a pillow <laughs> and for new listeners george is uh casey's uh, live-in boyfriend <laughs> oh gosh no he's two and a half <laughs> i almost said paramour 
but then I couldn't remember like if that is for like men and women or if that's just like a like a mistress. What is I don't even know that word. Paramour. I don't know if that means. Go. I'll look it up. Keep going. Look it up on Urban Dictionary. I've learned my lesson about looking up things on Urban Dictionary in the middle of a show. One of my favorite fun, sexy Bible time moments of all time. Okay, moving on. Uh, I would like, this is not really an item, but because our income is so variable, mm-hmm. like there's always this certain level of guilt when you spend money. <laughs> on something you don't need because like what if you need it the next month (laughs) (laughs) and then you get to the next month and things are really tight and you're like oh i shouldn't have bought that five dollar shirt at goodwill or whatever preaching to the choir right now continue (laughs) yeah So if you're listening to this and you're like kind of getting on your high horse about budgeting, you can just turn off, turn off the episode. Just stop. (laughs) We don't want your Dave Ramsey nonsense in this segment. Okay. So (laughs) I would also, this is kind of an expensive thing, but I would like to paint the inside of our house. Okay. Because our house is a flip. So everything was freshly painted when we moved in, but it's just not. It's just not good colors. It's like this. It's a neutral color, but it has a yellow undertone. And Mm. we just, we hate it. (laughs) We hate it so much. But if you want to paint like the whole inside of a house, what is that going to cost? I don't know. It's, I mean, it's going to be more than a, more than a few pillows. (laughs) So we've lived there almost three years and we still haven't pulled the trigger on any paint. Maybe this is the year, though. We'll see. Okay, do you have another one? Well, backtrack. First of all, paramour. Paramour <laughs> definition, a lover, especially the illicit partner of a married person. So I guess it goes uh, both ways. Yeah, so George is definitely not that. He's my toddler son. <laughs> okay. And to counter what you said was your favorite um, fun, sexy Bible time moment when I looked up. Do we ever say what it was I looked no. up? No, you you bleeped it out. <laughs> I think it was a uh, salad tossed, yes, or something like that. Oh, uh, which I did not. I did not have the definition correct in my mind. It, I thought it meant something. It meant something else. Um, I will counter that. I think one of my favorite fun, sexy Bible time moments was when you speculated that Sandy Patty, if she had a sex tape, it would be really, really loud. <laughs> It totally would. I'm right about that. <laughs> I think that, okay. was the, that was one of the times where you, you just, you got me and I, I had nothing, <laughs> I had nothing to say. <laughs> okay. That was a while ago. That, that was. was when you were, that was when you were in your mid thirties. <laughs> okay. Do you have any more? Well, I mean, the th- I think the one that we both talked about was uh, t- matching towels. Yes, yes, matching towels. I would love to have matching towels for the whole house because, you know, when you have two bathrooms and then you wash the towels, you have to separate. And I just, you know, the towels for the kids' bathroom are smaller and grosser, <laughs> and then they end up in my bathroom. I'm like, what is this? What am I drying with? <laughs> it's so annoying. I would I would like to be able to buy 
new clothes. <laughs> Not like really actual new clothes. That's one I can't follow you on, even though we're at the same financial level. I can't follow you there because, unfortunately, I am a human freak, and it is impossible to find secondhand clothes in my size, uh, so everything yeah. has to be new. Well, I mean, yeah. That's why I only I order clothes about once every 18 months. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mind bu- buying secondhand. I don't – I mean, we actually have a really good store for women – here called Style Encore and it's like it's like a step above Goodwill and mm. it's specifically for women so you're not it's just more well organized but yeah I just would like to be able to go to Target <laughs> here we are back at Target <laughs> this is our perceived like store for rich people um, <laughs> and just like I don't know spend a hundred dollars on clothes like twice a year <laughs> mm. yeah <clears throat> yeah, a lot of a lot of my like luxury purchases are um, <laughs> at Target. <laughs> no, no, like this is this is the male. Uh, I guess yeah, it's like the male equivalent is really like to remulch all the flower beds. Oh gosh, yeah. Instead of like rolling over the mulch from last year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hear you. And like you, you know, you go to you go to Lowe's, and it's like, well, that's gonna be you know, 30 or $40 to do this and that. And then you start thinking about like next month's bills and it's like, well, I know, I know. It's so annoying. <laughs> uh, it's like, I, I have this thing. I keep saying like, we have everything we need <laughs> and I'm thankful. I just wish we had like a tiny bit more. Because, like, I mean, there's definitely people who are way worse off and they don't have everything they need. So I want to recognize that. But Yeah, I always feel like, you know, you got to, like, throw that, that caveat in there, too, of, like, you know, really not poor. It feels yeah. like we're poor, but really not poor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my bills are mostly on time every month. <laughs> <laughs> mostly. Oh, that was my, that was my other thing. <laughs> I feel like if you can put your mortgage on auto pay... You have you you have made it in life. <laughs> I'm feeling very threatened by where this is going right now. It's like if you know for sure that amount of money is going to be in your bank account <laughs> at any given time. Wow. Actually, that was like. that's that's like one of the first things I do when we get our tax <laughs> return back is like I'll pay ahead, and by pay uh, ahead I just mean like pay the date that it says you can pay it instead of going to the very last day that is one nice thing about having a mortgage instead of rent they give you like a two-week window to pay instead of a four-day window and i, I never i never feel like as much of a big shot as i do like when i'm like <laughs> doing that cycle of bills and it's like nope not gonna wait till the last day on you buddy <laughs> boom oh i can relate definitely and then it feels okay. like you've got like a like a month and a half. It feels like you got like an extra two weeks, like a I month know, and a like half. Because the 40, next month you're going to take five days. Because <laughs> the next month you're definitely going to take it to the very last day. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh man! Possibly one of the most depressing segments we've ever done on this show. Whatever. <laughs> I don't even care. It's so it's so therapeutic to like talk to people in your same situation. <laughs> Yeah. 
Okay, so I found a book that... <laughs> Wait, okay, you can choose. What Do you want to do Would You Rather or do you want to do the book? I have... I have... Wait, let me count. One, two, three. I have five Would You Rathers for you today. I, I gotta, I gotta pick the Would You Rathers, definitely. Okay. We gotta go directly into that. Special birthday edition. Not really. There's nothing. Well, there is one that has to do with your birthday. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, where do I want to start? And just, just, to, just to be clear, I have no idea what's coming. She has not told me anything. <laughs> Some of these are like a deep cut on like 90 CCM and past episode topics. So I'm so ready. <laughs> this one's not, though. This one just made me laugh really hard. Okay, would you rather be your same height as you are now, but... <laughs> With child-sized feet, or <laughs> be the same height as Kendra, but with your feet the size they are now. Wow. <laughs> I'm just assuming you have huge feet. <laughs> to to be clear, I do have really big feet. I have size. <laughs> I wear size 15 shoes. Okay. Um. Chi- <laughs> how big are the child's feet? Um, not like baby, like, you know, like a seven-year-old. So I can stand, like, without danger of tipping over. You're not going to be, you're not going to be in a, like, physically incapacitated. You're just oh. going to look like a freak. Well, I mean, I'm there already, so I'm, I'm taking that one. I'm definitely taking that okay, one. Okay, okay, that's I'm, interesting. I'm definitely taking child-sized feet. I don't know, like, unless I'm at the pool, like, I don't know of a situation where people would see my feet, you know? You you don't oh there's the clock. You don't think people would notice that you had tiny feet attached to your gargantuan body? No, because I could do the Tom Cruise thing, like where he wears the lifts, except I would be like they, oh, they wouldn't gonna, be vertical lifts, they'd be horizontal lifts, and oh, I'd just have like okay. shoes that like had the fake. Like uh, that's good. I like that. Okay, but if but if I'm a if, I, if I'm a tiny man with huge feet, there's just there's no way to. I don't have a lot of options there. You can't hide that. Okay, Mm-mm. that's good. That's good. Wow, really clever. Okay, would you rather make and post a video singing "Happy Birthday" to yourself, impersonating Marilyn Monroe, singing to JFK, <laughs> <laughs> or make and post a video reenactment of 30 seconds of Avalon's "In Not of" music video? Playing all four singers. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> Do I have to dress like Marilyn Monroe? No, no, no. So I'm singing a seductive happy birthday song to myself. Yes. As opposed to doing like a, uh, I'm imagining like a YouTube clip, <laughs> like where the person is like playing all the instruments, but they have like themselves in the little video boxes. Yes, but you know I mean? we know Avalon didn't play instruments, so... No, of course not. But that that's how, like, I would reenact all four at the same time, right? Yeah. Okay. In and not of. Do you remember that one? Yeah, I do. It's like the, uh, there's like a, there's like a candle prominently <laughs> featured in the video, right? It's, it's really, really hardcore 90s. Because in the 90s, it was like, we're going to literally club, well, not literally, we're going to club you over the head with the imagery. <laughs> 
of like, oh, it's a song about evangelizing the world. Let's get a candle and put it in a dark room. Yes. And have all four members like staring wistfully at the candle. And please don't forget that they do dance a little bit. So Mm. that's involved. I'm definitely going to have to do the Avalon thing because I feel like I could kind of make that like ironic or funny. But seductively singing to myself, I mean, that's something that I only want to do in the privacy of my own home. I don't want to share that. I don't want to share that with the world. Okay. Okay. Oh, man. Would you rather... Can we we talk just for a second? The Avalon, Avalon. I feel like in the in the pantheon of CCM babes, I really feel like the Avalon babes were were underrated, underappreciated. Maybe. I just want to throw it, but you don't have like the same feelings towards like the Avalon dudes. No, because I, yeah, yeah, I don't have any feelings towards any of the people in Avalon. <laughs> <laughs> They also cycled through. I mean, it's like a four-person group. I think there's like been seven people in it. Well, Greg Long is in Avalon right now. He married one of the uh, one of the babes, I think. Yes, yes, he did. So you you weren't a Greg Long fan back in the day? No. Okay. All right. I I remember my middle school track coach tried to get me into Greg Long. <laughs> so weird. It's a weird random memory. <laughs> that's a. <laughs> that's. <laughs> we could isolate that soundbite. That's. <laughs> <laughs> Please my don't. middle school track coach tried to get in a Stop it. Okay. <laughs> Would you rather read one of your old essays about the 1990s era Clinton administration at the next Evolving Faith Conference or become the third Chrysagas brother and sing on stage with them for their next Legends concert, wigs and outfits included. First of all, how dare you? There is a third Chrysagas <laughs> brother. His name is Anthony Chrysagas. I know, but you're going to be Anthony. Mm. But like... <laughs> Do they have the same like sort of like brotherly animus towards me that they do for Anthony for leaving the family entertainment complex? I don't really think that's relevant. You're just going to get on stage and sing with them with an, a bright and sparkly outfit and a wig. <laughs> it doesn't matter how they feel towards you. And you can't harmonize. You have to sing <laughs> with them. <laughs> That's a deep cut right there. I, I love that. With, with three Chris August brothers, all three have to sing the melody. No one is allowed to sing that. What's the musical term for that? Like if... Like if all, like if everyone is singing the melody, I think it's just um like musically illiterate. I don't know. Like <laughs> they don't know how to harmonize. If they knew how to harmonize, they would do it. Um, <laughs> I, f- I feel like I got to do. I got to do the. Um, I would. I might actually have fun reading the essay at the Evolving Faith Conference. <laughs> that might be the only possible way to have fun at an Evolving Faith Conference. Yeah. It seems like that is a. Uh, I feel like they would like throw their Lacroix at you or something. <laughs> solid <laughs> reference. I don't know. Like, if would they think I was? I think would they think that I was doing it seriously, or would they think that I was like, oh, he see, you know, look at like at how this brave ex evangelical is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
being yeah, like subversive were, to his fundamentalist past. This is you're like this is everything. You're performing your your past for them. There was <laughs> like, that uh, there was that essay I found from like 19 whatever, and it was like Gebhardt, the big winner in the Lewinsky scandal. I could yeah, read that one. That's that's what I want you to read. Or I could read the uh, the essay. Uh, anti-spanking zealots or just liberals in disguise or something gosh i would love to hear that (laughs) anti-spanking zealots what child is pro-spanking this This one (laughs) this one casey haas this one right here what a weirdo (laughs) okay so you choose the essay that's so good may this may shock you did not go on a date till i was i think 20 and a half (laughs) Okay. Are you ready for the next one? Uh, I am ready, yes. Okay. Would you rather talk to Dave Ramsey about your finances or Paul the generous husband about your sex life? Whoo! Oh, goodness. Um, Do I have to be serious with Dave Ramsey or can I just... You have to be serious with both of them. Full disclosure. Hmm. <laughs> I feel like Paul the Generous Husband is not going to mock me. That's true. I feel like Dave Ramsey's going to be a dick. Yeah, he is such a dick. Um, and I'm not even like anti-anti-Dave Ramsey because I feel like he has helped people. I just, yeah, of He's course. just one of those guys where it's like, I just kind of like Piper. Like, you've helped, you've helped people. I just, I don't particularly want to read what you have to say. Yes. Uh-huh. I agree. Um. Okay, so if I go Dave Ramsey, he is going to berate me for being mm-hmm. in debt. If mm-hmm. I go to Paul the Generous Husband, he is going to berate me for not having sex 12 times a month every month. <laughs> Which one of uh, I like, those I like how I... you throw every month in there, like sometimes it happens. I had to. <laughs> <laughs> You're not fooling me. I, it's my birthday this month. How can you go? That's the true. birthday I'll... month. Okay, okay. I'll give you that. Um, <laughs> so which would I rather be berated for? Being in debt or not having sex 12 times a month? I don't think he I, I don't think Paul would berate you for that. Maybe he would. I don't it's know. It's going to be in his mind. He's going to like want to know if we hit the yeah. 12. Yeah. <laughs> I think I still got to talk to Paul, though. Okay. I still got to talk to Paul. I would definitely choose Paul. Because, you know, he needs to hear from me. (laughs) I need to set him straight on a few things. Okay, last (laughs) one. What? Go ahead. (laughs) Are you going to blow his mind by by informing him that that sometimes women enjoy sex too? (laughs) Yeah. Yes, I am. Okay. Would you rather give a flannel graph Sunday school lesson on Song of Solomon to a class of nine-year-olds? Okay. Or lead a Beth Moore Bible study for the guys who make up pulpit and pen? Whoo! Oh, man. (laughs) See, I was all in on the Song of Solomon flannel graph until you said (laughs) nine-year-olds. I know. That was a cruel twist. Awkward. They're, like, old enough to kind of know what's going on. You know, but still young enough that they're not, like, super interested. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I 
I mean, you, you've kind of put me in a bottleneck here. Like, I, you, I can't say the nine-year-olds because that's creepy. But I don't want to have anything to do with Pulpin and Pen. I guess I could do Pulpin and Pen and just not tell them it was a Bethmore thing. Like, I could tell them that it was... I mean, the only person they really respect is John MacArthur. So I would tell them it was John MacArthur. And then at the end, be <laughs> when like... When they've all had a life change. Yeah. Be like, suck us. <laughs> at the end, that, that would just devastate them. But no, it wouldn't. They don't care. They really don't care. They're just trolls. They're the worst. Okay, that's all I got for that. <laughs> oh. You know, you set the bar pretty low or high, however you want to say it, with the Derek Webb uh, cooking show. Would you I rather? Know. So I just keep was, waiting for it to approach that again. But I felt like that was super mean. I didn't want to be that mean to you on your birthday. <laughs> I don't totally believe that, but okay. Okay, so... <laughs> I'm so excited to talk about this book. So I clean out my garage on Saturday, like the cliche 35-year-old mom that I am. And um, I found a book that I've been holding on to for probably, I don't know, 12 years. I used to work at what was then called Campus Crusade for Christ, is now called Crew. And in the break rooms, there's always like a free pile of crap that people just want to get rid of stuff. So one day I walked in and there's this book and the title is How to Conquer the Addiction of Rock Music. It's written by youth who have found freedom. So this book, would you like to guess what year this book was published? Because I think it's going to surprise you. Ooh, okay, so we're talking rock music. So it's got to be at least 60s. No, it's got to be at least... 70s, probably 80s. I'm going to say 1988. No, close though, 1993. Oh, okay. Wow, you were close. I was. I thought you would go way farther back. Oh, this, I was shocked this that is this my, was... This is my wheelhouse right here. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Are you in this book, actually? <laughs> uh, one of my essays might be. Okay, so on the very... <laughs> there are... Let's see. Hold on. There's 31 chapters, and a lot of them are, uh, like, testimonials that I want to get into. Uh, But the very first page is a quote that says, The rock beat is a greater addiction than crack or cocaine. Yeah. A former rock addict from Detroit, Michigan said that. So (laughs) I really miss these people, by the way, like we've we've lost these people like in the last 10 to 15 years of like rock music and contemporary Christian music is evil. Like they really have just disappeared. Like I can can remember them like in the last, you know, I can remember them vividly, like having a presence and then they just disappeared. Okay. So I'm just going to read, I'm going to read one of the testimonies because it's just so good. This is Matthew Mears, and he was 24 when this book was published. So one spring, I had a job fixing up a house. The work required weeks of painting, wallpapering, and general repair. A well-meaning friend wanted to help me, quote, pass the time while I worked, so he gave me his favorite tape of contemporary Christian music. (laughs) I had never listened to this type of music before. (laughs) and was eager to be a part of whatever would strengthen my spiritual life. Most of the songs were familiar hymns that I had sung in church, but they had been livened up to make them more exciting. 
There is only one song in the tape that had a strong rock beat. The more I heard the song, the more I wanted to listen to it. After several weeks, instead of listening to the entire tape, I would just listen to this song with the beat. As soon as the song was over, I would rewind the tape and listen to the same song again and again. (laughs) Even when I wasn't playing the song, it seemed to keep playing in my mind. Each day as I put this tape on, I wanted to turn it up a little louder. Soon I was playing it at full volume. It was as though I was addicted to this song. (laughs) The words to the song were, shine down your light on me. Okay, what song is it? It would seem that the encouragement of this me- it would seem that with the encouragement of this message <clears throat> sorry I would I would have become a greater witness for Christ in reality the contrary became true looking back my spiritual life was taking a rapid downward turn that was characterized by compromise apathy and sensuality Do you know the song they're talking about No I just looked it, it up Shine Down Sandy Patty from oh. Songs from the Heart, 1991. Oh my gosh. Okay. Wow. <laughs> that makes this so... This That makes this even more amazing. Okay, okay, I have a question real quick. Who who actually wrote the book? Okay. So it says it's written by youth who have found freedom. Uh-huh. Um, prepared by students of the Advanced Training Institute International. Advan- I'm going to look this up. A- Advanced Training Institute International. <laughs> Produced and distributed by the Institute in Basic Life Principles. Is that Bill Gothard? <laughs> that's Bill Gothard. Okay, there you go. So that's who, that's who put this book together. That makes a lot of sense. Okay, so I'm sure you're wondering, like, how do they distinguish, like, which music is bad, right? Okay, mm-hmm. so on the How to Be a Conqueror page, you have it, it gives you a, a helpful definition. So it says, replace rock with melodious music. Cleanse your heart and home of any music that has the rock beat. <clears throat> This is a heavy or subtle beat on beats two and four in four-four time, also called backbeat. In melodious music, the emphasis is on beats one and three in four-four time. Another sensual technique in rock music is called scooping, (laughs) and it involves vocalists starting just below pitch and sliding up to the pitch. What in the world? Where does this come from? Like, where does this whole mindset come from can you explain it to me i feel like you can maybe explain it yeah it's it's a part of fundamentalism or it was like in the 80s and 90s where it was like we're so we're so petrified by culture and by the way the world is changing that we're just going to legislate everything and anything that makes us excited or makes us feel anything has got to be bad okay um, and this, it's funny that you, that we figured out that it was Bill Gothard because when you, when you were reading it to me, I was like, that sounds like Jack Chick. That uh-huh. sounds like, 
um, like fundamentalist homeschoolers. And mm-hmm. oh, the, I'm I'm looking at their pictures. I'm pretty sure all of these people are homeschooled. The comment I was I was going to make too is that is that these people don't last. Like these people burn out. Uh huh. There's no way you can keep up. You cannot be that fundamentalist and, uh-huh. and keep, it's exhausting and you burn out and you wind up sliding to a place that was, you know, even further back than, than what you were worried about being, if that makes sense. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, and when you said Advanced Training Institute, that that was Bill Gothard. If you don't know who Bill Gothard was, he's, he was a major figure in, in conservative homeschooling. Mm-hmm. Um, did a lot of stuff like he was kind of like the James Dobson of, of the homeschool movement. Um, and, it's just uh, the fascinating thing to me is that is that it's not the content of the music. It's the beat. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but just to finish that point, Bill Gothard, he had a lot to do with like the don't engage the culture, resist the culture, flee from the mm-hmm. culture you know rock music is evil that kind of thing yeah and and not that there's a direct correlation but um you know it it has come out like in the last 10 years that that bill gothard um has you know dozens upon dozens of of sexual harassment claims against him right yeah um and and again i'm not saying that if you believe that 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 makes you a sexual predator but i mean people like that just snap like they can't Mm -hmm. they can't keep it up forever yeah, it's all. It, yeah, yeah. And it's weird, wow. like seeing like how much people like that are worried about lust. You know. <laughs> the whole idea that if a certain if a person sings a certain way, it like incites sensuality. <laughs> it's like yeah, and it's it's kind of sad too because you look at like the independent fundamental Baptists, um, like up at Hiles Anderson College. I know that's a deep mm-hmm. cut, but. Um, you know, just so like militant about anything involving sexuality. And then it comes out that, you know, that's just a hotbed of, of sexual predators up there. And it's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in like a, in a pathetic kind of way that it's, it's almost like their way of trying to, you know, fix whatever they're struggling with. And it just right. blows up in their face. Right. It's Yeah. I was hoping this would be funny, and now we've gotten real serious. No, it's okay. We'll we'll make it funny. Um, I can remember no. my, my. No, I think it's good. I think I think that you have definitely more experience with this than I do. Yeah, my um, parents my parents got into this a little bit, and I can remember like in the early '90s, like we weren't allowed to listen to any kind of contemporary Christian music, and uh, they would they would sort of recycle some of those talking points of like, well, it's just, you're going to get addicted to the beat. You know, the beat is going to make you excited. And if it makes you excited, then you're not really praising the Lord. Mm. Um, And to make a long story short, ironically, this sounds like a joke, but ironically it was Carmen that kind of blew all that up because, um, you know, if you've ever listened to Carmen, you can't be any more explicitly Christian than Carmen is. And he, he did a lot of rock beats and, that kind of brought them to a crossroads of, well, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, okay, I guess we're going to, this is all right then, if Carmen did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, is there any, there's no biblical basis for the whole beat thing, though. Oh, no, no. That's what's, con- like, I feel like with a lot of the stuff in fundamentalism, they will take a scripture and twist it or misrepresent or whatever, and you can kind of see, okay, this is where this came from. Mm-hmm. But with this, it's like, 
So this is part of a testimony. It says, this is towards the end, not until a year ago when I heard that each rock song I listened to gave a piece of my soul to Satan from which he could torment me, did I understand why rock music and what it leads to is so damaging to my life. There's a a security in that, though, of we're going to rewrite, our little group right here is going to rewrite the rules, Uh and we get to pick what the rules are, and we're the only ones that can follow the rules. Like, there's there's definitely a security to that of, um, oh, everybody else has got this wrong, but we've got it right. So if the basis is not biblical about the beat, what is it based in? Is it, like, just just that it excites people, or...? I mean, it could be anything. I mean, we were just talking about pulpit and pen, and that's kind of their deal too. Of like, well, we've got what the Bible says, but we're going to rewrite the rules. We're going to put a bunch of new rules uh-huh. in there, uh-huh. and we're, we'll be the only ones who can follow them because we're the only ones that, that are writing the rules. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's really just. I mean, it's arbitrary. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <sighs> And I, I've said this before on the show, but uh, I had a pastor's wife one time tell me that, um, talking about Christian rock, that she didn't understand how that could glorify the Lord because when she was in Africa, she used to hear the same beats when the when the natives were about to do a human sacrifice. <laughs> okay. She witnessed a human sacrifice? There's, I mean, there's just a lot to unpack in that statement. Mm-hmm. Well, Yeah. I, I think I've heard that too, that the beats are evil because people who are not Christians use them. It's like nobody owns rhythm. <laughs> yeah. That's just so bizarre to me. And then you're like, well, is it because like sex is rhythmic? So that's like, it just makes people think about sex. Like, well, there's also some, some narcissism in there, too, of like, my era is fine, but every, everything mm-hmm. different from my era is evil. Oh, man. Because yeah, people, for sure. The people saying that in the 80s who wanted, you know, just a piano and an organ in their church music. You know, what about the people, you know, in the 1700s who would mm-hmm. look at a piano or an organ and be like, what is what is this, you know, evil right here? Uh-huh. Yeah. I think, too, what <laughs> in reading a lot of these testimonies, they're describing these supposed changes that they were experiencing because they were listening to rock music. And this one girl's talking about, like, her. she was introduced to, quote, Christian rock in sixth grade. And I'm like, that wasn't, like, those changes you were experiencing were not because of rock music. Like, mm-hmm. you're literally going through puberty. <laughs> like, this whole... The, the music began to change me into a self-seeking, sensual person. Like, no, that's pretty much every 13-year-old, <laughs> like, that is trying to figure out their life. Like, it wasn't the music. Yeah. But it's fun to be able to blame something for our ridiculousness. Yeah, I mean, Bill Gothard well, apparently pretty severe sexual urges throughout his whole life could just channel all of that into, mm-hmm. you know, it's the music making us horny. <laughs> it's like, no. Okay. no, actually you were created that way. He needed to talk to Paul. <laughs> he did. We all do really. 
another thing that is so just kind of weird to me about this book is just the language of addiction. Like, you can tell none of these people have actually dealt with what addiction is, you know, like no. a physiological addiction to a substance or something. Yeah. Like, how many of you guys have been to an AA meeting? Yeah. <laughs> like, this is, you're not dealing with an addiction. Like, you enjoy music like a normal person. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, maybe, maybe your brain is just starved for endorphins of any kind. Right, maybe that is it. Like, oh. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's my book. And it was, uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to keep it because it's entertaining. But yeah, thank you to whoever left that in the break room. Possibly a warning sign when a book does not have an uh, attributed author. Yes, I, I'm going to agree with you on that. I did try to look up some of these people because mm-hmm. they have like their names and their pictures. And I figured that the women would kind of be a lost cause because probably a lot of them have gotten married since then. Um, but I did find one of the guys and I found his picture on Facebook, but I couldn't see anything. I'll tell you where the women are. They all snapped and uh, <laughs> they are evangelicals at the Evolving Faith Conference. <laughs> they're they're banging their husbands to some hardcore rap probably (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) all right um so i have some a mad lib for us (laughs) wow you went all out today it's your birthday we're celebrating you i know that you love when people give you attention um and tell you how great you are it's the best it's the best (laughs) I know it doesn't make you uncomfortable. Oh, you're one follower away from 5,300 on Twitter. You're so famous. I, I I did the pube joke. I tried to knock some of them off, but they didn't. I didn't they lose don't. a single follower for that tweet. You are you are past the point. You're you're past it. You're not going to be able to lose followers like that anymore. I don't accept that. I'm you're just... going to have to go political. This is the only way to lose followers in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I'm not going to tell you what we're mad living until we're done. And I hope it works. Some of them might not work, but uh, either way, it's going to be fun. Okay. Okay. So I need an E, like an adjective that ends in ER, like a comparative adjective. Hornier. This is not how I wanted that to go, but it's fine. You want a different one? (laughs) No, No, it's good. Okay. No, it works. Okay, I need a number. Any number. 13. Okay. Uh, I need a proper noun that's a person. Like the name of, like a name yeah, of somebody Yeah, a name. Known? A name, <laughs> yeah. Reginald. No, 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 like a specific person that. Oh, like somebody who's known? Yeah. Um. Okay. Oh. All right, I need a place. Lifeway headquarters. <laughs> okay. And then I need 
an an ob uh, thing. Two object nouns. Two like two separate objects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm gonna say a Nintendo and a battleship. I love this so much. I'm so happy I did this. Okay. Um, there it is. There it is. <laughs> okay. Let's just take a pause because it's going to last a while. What did you get for your birthday? Uh, well, you can say. Um, I got two things. Uh, <laughs> one of them did not cost anything. Okay. And the other one was a $4 PlayStation game I uh, bought for oh. myself yesterday. <laughs> what game was it? It was, uh, you know, just so just so the listeners can understand the kind of luxury I roll with. NCAA football 2008. Oh, <laughs> this is good. This is good. Okay, the clock is done. All right. All right, I need an adjective. Okay. Um, slimy. Okay. A past tense verb. Um, past tense verb. Danced. Hmm. Okay. An ing verb. Um, twerking. Mm, fragrant. That's good. I like that one. Another adjective. Um, shiny. A uh, noun. Um, grapes. body part uh belly button <laughs> you know th- it takes a lot of courage to come on fun sexy bible time and ask for someone to name a body part <laughs> well i am your most courageous co-host y- yeah. okay <laughs> an ing verb the amount of restraint it took for me to go all the way down the list to belly button I just, I'd, I'd like to point that I'm out. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. If, if it had been Danny, I would have said something different, probably. Okay. What did you say? An ing verb. An ing verb. Um, uh, let's go singing. Okay. <laughs> I think that's all I have. Okay. Okay. So, I took an article from the generous husband <laughs> or his, his XY code blog. All right. And the article is titled, Why is slash isn't my husband horny all the time? <laughs> Some of this doesn't work because of the way he writes. Like, last time I did this with uh, 
David J. Stewart's. It worked so perfect because he had such a verbose <laughs> writing style. But we're it, it's still funny. Okay. And also, I can't go through the whole thing because there's he there's so many details. Okay. Most men have a much hornier sex drive than their wife. Aww, that one worked. <laughs> This is especially true in the teens and 20s when a majority of men are able and willing to have sex 13 days a year. Oh. <laughs> the reason for this? Yep. It's how... <laughs> it's how... Made men. On top of that... <laughs> your husband lives in a Lifeway headquarters obsessed with sex. And yes. he shares... He shares a Nintendo and a battleship with a woman he loves. <laughs> Given all this, always horny is easy to understand. However, this is not every wife's reality. Nearly a third of wives want more sex than their husband is willing to have with them. Why is this? There are a number of slimy reasons. <laughs> that right now okay all right <laughs> so he has this list of um seven and they all have like sub they all have an explanation but i just did the main the main title of the reason and this one doesn't really work so it's how he's danced <laughs> these are the reasons the reasons that the men are not so horny something is twerking his drive <laughs> okay Fragrant issues. <laughs> <laughs> A shiny issue. Okay. <laughs> I can't read this. His grapes. <laughs> His grapes are getting in the way. <laughs> I just asked for a noun and that's what you gave me. So good. <laughs> <laughs> his belly button is messing with his sex drive. <laughs> what, his dri what was the uh, was 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 the body part the wiener? Is that what that originally was? No, oh, his his mind, his mind, or his brain, his brain, his brain. or something. Okay. Yeah, it was his brain. Right. It's all about like how if you yeah whatever. Okay. And then the last reason, his drive is fine, but he's singing it with masturbation. <laughs> He's singing it. <laughs> what was the original so, word? I don't even know. Like ruining it? No, it wasn't ruining it. It was just like satisfying it or oh, whatever. Something gotcha. along those lines. So. <laughs> His grapes are in the way. <laughs> well, there's def I mean there was there was about a zero percent chance. To begin with, now there's a less than zero percent chance that will ever come on the show. Yes, I think so. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> it's the risk you got to take when you do Mad Libs. Yes. So. That was beautiful. That was absolutely beautiful. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> so, here, what, what, what article could I pull down just to? Wow. You I know what I was? I was going to um. I was going to try and do the Desiring God, uh, the one about effeminate men, mm -hmm. but
but I couldn't. I, I, I couldn't do it. It was, it was so bad. I had actually not read that whole thing. Uh-huh. Did, you, did you ever read it? I read, yeah, I kind of skimmed through it. It, it. Somebody had a good comment. I can't remember who it was, but it, it might have been you. It was like they're just, they're sort of careening into clickbait. It's almost like they don't even believe the things they're saying. They're just trying to gin up controversy. Right. Well, because the will effeminacy keep anyone from heaven. It's like, oh, but I, you know, I read it and I got so angry last night, not because of the whole like adding to the gospel thing, but he talked about coming to Orlando, my city, Mm -hmm. and, and then he shit talked gay people that he witnessed in Orlando. And I'm like, I don't know, maybe like leave the Orlando gay community out of it since like 49 of them were shot in a nightclub here like i'm just like dude make your point some other way it pissed me off anyways (laughs) yeah also like maybe just kind of pay attention to what's going on inside the church and don't worry so much about you know (laughs) it's like that's that's i don't know if that's really your audience there buddy just yeah it's just like oh it was bad i really tried so hard to come up with a joke about how that article was about effeminate men and Paul said that adding to the like if someone adds to the gospel that he wishes they would have their balls cut off <laughs> because it just goes together so well but I couldn't figure it out I, I believe we call them grapes on this podcast oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> I think the next time we do an ad lib, the the direction that this is leading is I'm just going to have to do one. I'm going to have to pull a Voskamp article and, and give you an ad lib of a Voskamp. I would like that. I would like that. Maybe for my birthday. <laughs> the, the, the Mad Lib would take 30 minutes to complete. Right. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't even do all of this because it was so much. <sighs> Slimy reasons. <laughs> that was was beautiful i appreciate that (laughs) oh good well that's all i got i don't think we have time for your faith-based movie pitch no can we can we tease it for the next episode yeah of course okay so we've been doing different genres of actually it's almost always a romantic comedy it seems like when we pitch a faith-based movie um I think in the early episodes, we pitched a, uh, a faith-based horror movie. I, I was called See No Evil or something like that. I can't remember what it was <laughs> called. And uh, so I was thinking, what, what genre would seem most impossible to do a, a faith-based movie? And then it hit me, obviously, the genre would be a sex comedy. Because there's no way <laughs> you should be able to do a faith-based sex comedy. I took it as a challenge. I have a pitch for a faith-based sex comedy. Um, we'll do that in one of the next episodes. Uh, if you will recall the, the, the Ashton Kutcher opus, Dude, Where's My Car? Uh, <laughs> we sort of borrowed the spirit from that. And the, the, the name of the faith-based sex comedy is going to be, Dude, I Banged My Wife. <laughs> it sounds inspiring. It's, I, I, it's, one best, it's one of the best I've ever come up with. You, you're going <sighs> to... You're going to, whatever you think it sounds like, I think it's going to 
exceed your expectations? Well, I'm I'm looking forward to hearing it, whether getting it pitched to me directly or to someone else. <laughs> maybe maybe you can work up the nerve to pitch it to me. <laughs> I just feel like once you make a salad tossing joke to someone, it's just kind of like all bets did, are off. <laughs> I did not know exactly. <laughs> As, you know, as if as if I'm the first person on a Christian podcast to make a salad tossing joke to <laughs> a, fe- a female co-host. Oh. <laughs> oh, I mean, so- I feel like that kind of thing probably happens on uh, what's what is it? Um, mirror Orthodoxy? No, not that. It's the ah, uh, screw it. I'll edit that out. I can't even figure out the name of the podcast. Ask, ask Pastor John. <laughs> he probably does get that question. Oh. <laughs> uh, we should do a fake Ask Pastor John segment where I make up questions and you have to answer them as John Piper. Well, I did a John Piper voice one time. I kind of forgot what it was. I think it had like a lisp. Because he's got like a little bit of a lift. It's just very high pitched on lift. Yeah. I'll have to I'll have to figure out I'll have to remind I'll have to figure out how to do a John Piper impersonation. I think that would be fun though. He's got like the like the loopy sort of like pastor voice. It's like he called him really high like this. <laughs> what? We're going to, to look at this. Twenty-four biblical principles. Of, of is it biblical to toss salad? <laughs> Those grapes are getting in the way. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.